Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Today we're starting Invisible, our Invisible series, which is our faith series, and I love preaching on faith. I love preaching on faith because it is absolutely impossible to live the Christian life without it. If you've tried, you will know what I mean. It's impossible to live the Christian life without faith. I believe. That's what faith does. I believe that over the next three weeks, we will see God move in our church We will see God move in our lives. We will see God move in impossible situations. We will see God shift and change and bring life and bring hope and bring renewal to people's lives. Is anyone believing with me this morning? I hope so. It's going to happen. We've called this series Invisible because faith brings things to life. It takes what is invisible and makes it visible. It creates. Faith creates. Faith brings life. Who knows that we are all on a journey of faith? We haven't arrived. We're not there yet. The kids will say that. Are we there yet? No, we're not there yet. We're going to get there, but we're not there yet. We are still on a journey. We are still moving forward on this journey of faith with God. Where you are is not where God wants you to stay today. Where you are is not the end. There is more. There are steps for you to take on this journey of faith. And I want us to do that together as we look and study about faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 11.6 that without faith it's impossible to please God. The Bible tells us that it is faith that moves God's hand. You might be surprised to know that it's not need that moves his hand, it's faith. It's faith that will move his hand. We walk by faith. By faith, we see the the impossible become possible. By faith, we see God's promises come to our lives. Faith is important. We can learn things about Abraham's journey of faith, and that's what we're studying today. We're studying a little section of Abraham's journey of faith. So my first point today is, on our journey of faith, we will always have the opportunity to compromise what God has asked us to do or to abort our call. It's not a very positive point. And I'm starting with, don't worry, it gets better. We are starting here and we're going up. On the journey of faith, we will have the opportunity to compromise or to abort the purpose of God in our life and what he has for us. Abraham had a period of time where this happened in his life, believe it or not. Acts 7, and he said, and this is Stephen talking, Hear me, brethren and fathers, the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he lived in Haran. And he said to him, Leave your country and your relatives and come into the land that I will show you. So then Abraham left the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. What did he do? He settled in Haran. From there, after his father died, God uh, moved him to this country in which we are now living. 
Genesis 11, Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went out together from Ur of the Chaldeans in order to enter the land of Canaan. They went as far as Haran and settled there. God called them to the land of Canaan, but on the way, in, on the journey, as the, in the living of life, Abraham and the family, they didn't go. They stopped. They pulled over to the side. They pulled off the road, parked the car, and said, no more, not going any further. I'm going to stop here. They settled rather than continuing on to where God had them go. He set up home and he dwelt in a place of compromise. What caused him, what caused him to settle at Haran? We actually don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. But it wasn't until after his father died that Abraham continued on the journey I want to ask you, is there someone in your life who is trying to influence you to compromise what God has asked you to do? Is there something in your life that has to die so that you can continue on and do what God has asked you to do? Did God call you to something and did you start off just like Abram, but then did you get sidetracked? Have you settled where you have no business to settle? Have you stopped believing God? Who told you it was okay to stop believing God? We've got to keep believing God. We've got to keep moving forward. Have you pulled off to the side of the road? Have you aborted the call of God on your life? <clears throat> I grew up in a Christian home. And um, when I was 16, so old, I knew everything. I'll have you know, I knew everything when I was 16. It's only as I got older that I realized that I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, I've forgotten everything. <laughs> Who's, what's my name? What am I talking about? No. Um, <clears throat> so at the age of 15 or 16, I decided that I just wasn't interested anymore in this life of faith in what God has had for me up ahead. You know, I knew that God had called me, but I thought, oh God, it just looks looks like so much more fun out there. I mean, they look like, I I just want to go out and do all that because it looks more exciting, it looks more, you know, has anyone ever done that or is it just me? Yeah, right, okay. So at the age of 16, I'd pulled off to the side of the road and I'd parked my car and... I was, sta- I was standing out the front of Captain Greg's. Captain Greg's is a nightclub in Belconnen, doesn't exist anymore. Who knows Captain Greg's? There are some people laughing. <laughs> the heathens like me. I won't ask you to raise your hand if you've been to Captain Greg's, but it's okay. So I was standing out the front of Captain Greg's, and I had found that the life that I thought was going to be so exciting and so amazing and so wonderful, actually was so lonely and so sad 
and so empty. And I knew God because I'd grown up with him and I knew the presence of God in my life and I knew the touch of God on my heart. And I stood out the front of Captain Greg's and I said this little prayer, God, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Totally. Anyway, we'll sort that out in a minute. I'm totally sorry, God. But I don't know how to get out of this. I'd wound myself up in this life and I was so entwined in this life. And I was so sold out to my peer group that I didn't know how to get away. And I said, God, I'm sorry. I want you. I don't want this, but I don't know how to change it. And within two weeks, I had left the city of Canberra. God had pulled me out, literally, of Canberra because it was the only way to get me out of it, out of the situation, and moved me up into a town in New South Wales where everything changed and shifted, and I got back on the road. I got back in my car, and I got back, and I decided that I wasn't going to compromise, and I wasn't going to settle for second best, and I was going to follow God, and I was going to have the purpose of God going in my life. So don't compromise, people. Don't. Don't do it. There's nothing out there. The world has nothing for us. Where else can you go? That's what Paul, Peter said. You have the words of life when Jesus asked. Anyway. So, Abram got back up. Get back up. Get back on track. It's never too late. So that's the first point. The second point is God never calls us out without calling us to. He never calls us out without calling us Two, Genesis 12, now God said to Abraham, go forth from your country, from your relatives, from your father's house to the land which I will show you. Abram left what he knew for what he didn't know. He left what was familiar for what wasn't. He left without knowing exactly what was going to happen. Now some would say, exciting. Are there some exciting People, there's some people that go, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm one of those. And some would say, terrifying. Are there any terrified? Yeah, yep. Don't know where you're going, don't know what's going to happen, God, but I'm trusting you. We all need to remember this, though. Just because Abram didn't know where he was going to end up, it didn't mean that God didn't know where Abram was going to end up. God is never aimless. When he tells us to leave one place, he has another place for us to go. He may not tell us straight away, but we can be assured that if he calls us out, he never calls us out without calling us to. He never calls us out without calling us to something or to someone to serve, to, to, to do, to be. Like, you know what I'm saying? Many years ago, 1987, we were having a nana nap on a Sunday afternoon. So it's a great time to have a nana nap. It's the best time. <laughs> it's beautiful. And we woke up, and Paul turned and he said to me, Honey, we're moving to Sydney. That's what happens when you wake up from a nana nap on a Sunday afternoon, apparently. He said, We're moving to Sydney and going to Bible college. And I said, Okay, that was it. And we moved to Sydney. Well, there was a bit more involved in that. But God 
called us to something. He didn't call us to run away. See, some people are running from something. They're not running to something. And what happens is they get to where they're going and they find that the problems are all still there because they've taken themselves with them. So God doesn't call us out unless he calls us to. So that's the second point. The third point is this. Just because we are following God's call does not mean that there won't be times in our life where we feel afraid and uncertain. Genesis 15. After all these things, this word of God came to Abram in a vision. And he said, don't be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield. Your reward will be grand. Genesis 26. God talking to Isaac. Do not fear, for I am with you. Genesis 46. God talking to Jacob. He said, I am the God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt. You're going to find there are days in your life, if you haven't already found it, don't worry, it'll happen, maybe tomorrow, where you feel afraid. You feel uncertain. You feel like, God, this journey of faith that you've got me on, I mean, wow, I'm just feeling a little bit unsure. Abram felt like that, and that's why God said, do not be afraid, because he, you know, he do, God doesn't bother telling people who are not afraid to not be afraid. He doesn't. God wants to take us to places on our journey of faith. And we may think, well, I, I don't think I can do that. Maybe we, it's because of fear. We all battle fear, but we can't let fear win. We may be convinced that the people... God is using are not battling fear. Ha, 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 ha. Let me tell you, let me let you in on a little secret today. They are afraid as well. They just refuse to let fear win. We get over fear by doing what we're scared of. Courage doesn't mean we never feel fear. Courage means we let faith arise and, and we move forward despite is God calling you to something and you're looking at it and thinking, I just don't think I can. Don't let fear push you back. Let faith move you forward. Do what, do what Abram, listen to the words that God said to Abram. He is your shield. He is your great reward. Let courage rise up. I often think of that amazing uh, Jesus' amazing mother, Mary. I mean, she was, I don't know, 12, 13. She was betrothed to Joseph. And she was walking along one day, minding her own business, thinking about whatever she was thinking about, maybe picking some flowers, thinking about the wedding. Who knows what she was doing? And then this angel appeared before her and totally changed her life. Totally changed it. This young girl, God touched her and said, I have a plan for your life. I have a purpose for you, and it's rather large. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to require some courage. It's going to require some grit. It's going to require some things that maybe you don't think you have, but, but I know you have them because I know you and I created you and I saw you before I formed you in your mother's womb and I have this plan for you 
And do you know what she did? She didn't let fear go, oh God, I don't think I can do it. She said, let it be done to me according to your word. And she moved into what God had for her. That's faith. That's faith. So, let's look at verses 2 to 5 of Genesis 15. In verse 1, God said, Abram, don't be afraid. I'm your great reward. And in verse 2, he said, well, God, that's not enough. He did. He said, God, Master, what use are your gifts as long as I'm childless? You've given me no children. Now a mere house servant is going to get it all. Then God's message came, don't worry, he won't be your heir. A son from your body will be your heir. And then God took him outside and said, look at the sky. Count the stars. Can you do it? Count your descendants. You're going to have a big family, Abram. Abram said, "Uh, thanks God, but thanks for your reward. Thanks for your protection. Thanks for your blessing. But what good is it to me? if I don't have a child. Now, God didn't say, you ungrateful. Boy, you ungrateful man. He actually said, I hear you. I hear you, Abraham. I hear what's in your heart. I hear that thing, that desire, that, that, that dream. I see that in you. And I want to come and I want to tell you that it's actually going to happen. And you can't see it now. So what I want you to do is I want to give you a picture so that you can have something to look to. I want you to come outside of this tent that you're in because I need you to look up. Because a lot of the time we're just looking down or we're looking... He says, look up. Look up to me. And I want to show you. I want you to start. I want you to start counting the stars. One, two. Can you see? Can you see him? Okay. One, two, 356, 700 and a million and... Like... How many stars are there? He looked up and he saw. You know what? I I know today that God wants to open some eyes. He wants to take you out of maybe the containment that that is in your mind or that, that you just can't even see. He wants to bring you out. He wants you to look up, look at him, and he wants to give you a vision of what he has for you. It's bigger than you can imagine. It's bigger maybe than what you've seen. That's why he says, look up. Look up and see. If you can't see it, can I ask you to allow God to be bigger in your world? Allow him. Dare to believe him. He says, exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all you can ask or think according to the power that works within you. There is more. There is more. There is more for you. There is more. Okay, and my last point. It's what we really believe that determines the outcome of our lives. It's what we really believe. It's not even what we think or say. It's it's what's really in there is what actually determines the outcome of our lives. Genesis 15, Abraham believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Abram 
Abraham at this point. Abraham, actually it's Abram, but it doesn't matter. Abram believed the Lord. He believed the Lord. And God counted it. Some counted him as righteous. He counted it as righteous. What does God count? Some people think that God counts our works. That he's up there in heaven, looking down. Okay, are they doing good things? Are they being good kitties? Or are they being naughty kitties? And that as long as we have more good works than bad works, then everything is going to be okay. They think God is up there tallying the bad. God isn't watching us to add up every time we sin. He's adding up and watching us for every opportunity we take to believe him. He's counting how many opportunities we take to believe him. That's my girl. Look, look at that, Jesus. She believes me. Look at it, Jesus. She's choosing to believe me. Look at him, Jesus. He's over there, and he's got a tough situation in his life. And do you know what? He's choosing to believe me rather than doubt me. He's choosing to believe. That is what he counts. That's what he's counting. They're taking me at my word. They're they're taking my promise, and they're holding on to it. That brings the pleasure of God. That, it's faith that moves God's hand. It's faith. That's what he looks for. She believed God. He believed God. Paul and I had a situation with the house that we are currently in. Back in um, 2003, we were living in Kayleen. And we were merging the Kayleen congregation that I was running and the Dixon congregation into one church, which is where we are now. And Paul was teaching at Emmaus in Dixon, and just before, around that time, just before we merged, we thought, wouldn't it be great to live in North Canberra? I mean, we loved North Canberra. We spent most of our life in North Canberra. Um, Our kids went to school there. I was driving there all the time, and we went, oh, it'd be so good. But how we couldn't do that. We couldn't afford that. And we had just, we just sort of talked about it. We didn't even, we didn't even decide it. We just sort of had a, oh, wouldn't that be great? And then on a Monday, not on a Saturday when you do all the, the looking at houses, who's done that? Write them all down, you know, by the end of the day you feel like, can someone just put me out of my misery? Because <laughs> they're great, they're not great. We can, we can't, we feel so depressed because that's such a beautiful house. Anyway, move on. So that, it was a Monday, and, and I just jumped on all homes just for fun. And I was looking around, and I saw this house that we are living in. And um, I, I thought, I'm just, I'm just going to go and drive past it. Because why not? I, wanna see what, look, I wanted to see what the street was like. I drove along Duffy Street, these beautiful trees. I'm like wow, do people live with these beautiful trees? This is so beautiful. And I drove past the house, amazing, on a Monday at lunchtime. The real estate agent was there, (laughs) showing the house to someone. And I went, can I have a look? He said, sure, no problem. 
So I went in, I had a look, I said, um, my husband works five minutes away. Could I just go and grab him and bring him back and give him a look? Sure, no problem. So I went down to the school and I said, babe, it was lunchtime, babe, he was the principal anyway, he could do whatever he wants. <laughs> he can, those were the days. <laughs> he can still do whatever he wants. Come on, let's be honest. Um, and we went and we walked through this house and look, it was very green and that's not my favourite colour, but it had good bones. You know what I mean. It had good potential. And we, and look, I don't really even know. Anyway, Paul went back to work. I went back home. I was already moved in, you know, in your head, how you do that. Has anyone ever done that? <laughs> the lounge will go there. We'll rip out that wall. We're painting that, that. And Paul came home, and we were, we were just talking, we were lying in bed, going, man, all right, can we actually do this? Because there were a lot of hurdles we had to jump through, money being one of them. Um, <laughs> and a house to sell, and a garden to, you know, a whole, anyway. But in our heart, it was like, yes, yes. There was a God yes. It was definitely a God yes. And the next day... We didn't know. The next day, Paul rang the real estate agent and said, we're just going to offer you what this house is worth, that what it's on for, like the asking price. We did not know, but this house was, had sort of been sold. We didn't know that. But the people were um, haggling over price and, and they were just being really annoying to the lady that owned the house. And we just came in over the top, we just came in not knowing and said, we want to buy this house, we want to give you the full price. And she said, okay. <laughs> and we were like, thank you, Jesus, now what are we going to do? No. <laughs> no, we had the yes. We had the yes. And, and even for the next couple of weeks, I think it went on maybe for a month, the people that wanted the house first off, they kept coming and saying, we'll pay you more. We'll pay you more than the asking price. We'll pay you more than the asking price. She said, I'm selling it to the marshals because they came in and they gave me the price that I wanted for and they just, anyway. So we ended up in this house because we dared to believe God. We dared to follow the yes of God. You know what? You may be sitting here today and thinking, I don't know how I'm ever going to get a house. You have a, you have a God who changes the impossible and makes it possible. I want to tell you that today. You have a God who takes what you may think is impossible and he makes it possible for you because you're his child. If you will dare to believe him, and I, like it, it might not be a house. It might be something totally different. Believe him over what you see, over what you hear, you believe the word of God. Yes, anyway. Okay, Hebrews 6. Then Abraham waited patiently and he received what God has promised. What has God promised you? What are you waiting on? What do you know without a shadow of a doubt that God has said to you and promised you from his word? You can count on him. You can count on him. We believe you today, God.
we believe you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you're touching people's lives in this place right now. That your presence is here. Lord, that you are lifting people's heads. That you are bringing them outside of the containment. You're bringing them outside and you're lifting their head. And you're showing them what is possible. You're showing them what you can do if they would just put their trust and their faith in you. Thank you, God. Father, touch each heart today, I pray, with your power, with your touch. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.